following thoughts, opinions, stories, and expressions are meant for those who will appreciate them. If you don't, we hope you keep an open soul to encounter another here on 34 Questions. Peace. In three, two, one. What's going on, folks? Welcome to 34 Questions. I'm your host, 34. And tonight, I have a very special guest in the house. Chuck is in the building. How you doing tonight, Chuck? What's up, everybody? I'm doing pretty well, man. I got um, I got some things going on in my body because I've been doing a lot of different kind of yoga and a little bit of fasting lately. So Damn, there's a whole man. bunch of different things shaking right now. Man, you, I think you are definitely one of the people I look up to when it comes to like, you know, handling your body, handling your health. Uh, just trying to get to where you are, man. And, and you're way more educated than I am. So I know, you know, you got that knowledge to back it up, too. For me, I'm, I'm going to try to focus on uh, calorie, calories in, calories out. Um, and that's like my main focus. But I'm sure it's more complicated than that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've made a lot of mistakes when I was younger um, and they, they found you. You know, karma is <laughs> a real thing, whether it's psychological, nutritional, you know, physiological level, whatever. But yeah, man, it's real. Nah, I got you, man. I mean, you know, my, my focus is just keeping my body moving because I, I know for my folks, they're slowing down a little bit. Um, but I, I'm their age when I was a kid. So, you know, I know they didn't really have the time to make uh, for exercise and just to stay active. Uh, so I, I can see how it, it's kind of affecting them now. And, you know, for, for me, it's a daily reminder. You know, I still live with them. So it, it really motivates me to just get out there and make sure that I can still move the way I want to move. Um, and I, I know I don't know if it's like the fountain of youth I'm looking for or, uh, you know, <laughs> just trying to stay young as possible. But, um, yeah, that, that's basically my goals as as of now. I, I hope to one day. I don't know if I told you is uh, to do the senior Olympics. Uh, you know, okay. maybe, maybe I'll, I'll be at the, <laughs> the tip top shape of, uh, of that percentile at, at my age. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll see. Well, I came up with this little saying a couple of weeks ago because um a lot of time I used to be chasing my past, but I like to say, like, I'm not trying to, I'm not like really searching for the founder of youth. I'm trying to climb the mountain of truth. Mm. So yeah, man, like basically, um, I think, I think it's just a good quest to try to keep on getting better. A lot of time we don't, we don't necessarily age like wine. We might gain wisdom, but like the body doesn't work exactly the same, even though the mind, we may have accumulated a lot of great things. Uh, we don't retain information the same way that, the youth does so yeah man getting i'm 42 years old i'm getting gray hair bro like uh you know it's it's always a tricky thing to look in the mirror and, and not look the same way you did 10 15 years ago mm. <laughs> no i feel that man uh anytime like i don't know if you can have those drastic changes for you at the moment but for me it's like whenever i shave my beard off or my mustache and i look in the mirror and i'm like who the fuck are you man <laughs> straight up dude straight up man i'm not that guy <laughs> But yeah, now nah, I hear I hear you, Chuck. Um, well, real quick, I gotta let the folks out there know um, if you are unfamiliar with the flow of the show. We do some intro questions, some warm-up questions, just to set the tone. After that, we'll jump into a couple icebreakers, and after that, we'll turn to the wheel of fate, where we'll spin the wheel, and whichever number it lands on, that's how the conversation will flow. After all that, we'll finish out with some closeout questions. Sound good to you, Chuck? Yeah, that works, man. I'm at your disposal for the next 55 minutes, my brother. I appreciate it, Chuck. Um, Yeah, October. I know it's a big month for you, but uh, overall, man, how have you been? You've been doing well. You've been doing great. How you been lately, man? 
Uh, yeah, man, I think things are going pretty well. I'm establishing uh, my training business again. You know, I was working in not-for-profit work from, let's say, more like it crescendoed up. So I had a, a not-for-profit organization established back in Chicago in 2010, but it didn't really, I think, have the spirit in, of a, a not-for-profit until 2014. So from 14 to up until last December, I was pretty much strictly, almost like 80% doing not-for-profit work. And now I'm transitioning into trying to run it in a hybrid kind of sense. So I'm getting my LLC back up, not making too much money right now. Um, still really working on my injuries because a huge part of, I think the integrity of the business is I need to be able to walk the walk. So I got to get back to playing hoop like I used to. I got to be able to run like, I'm not saying I got to be able to run a five minute, five minute, 30 second mile by next year, but I got to, I got to be on that upward trajectory. So just, just reestablishing that business and also still making it service oriented. That's, that's kind of where my mind is at these days. Um, and then from like a physical standpoint, uh, things are getting a little bit better, slowly but surely. Uh, and then I'm getting married in a little bit more than a week. Um, I may back, move back to Chicago. My girlfriend maybe need to, we might need to be, I see my future wife and I might need to be split up just for a little while next year because a lot of different things, but we'll we'll probably get to that in, in a little bit. Um, but overall, life is decent, man. I don't have many complaints at all. I hear it, man. And congratulations, you know, on the, Thank uh, you. the big day coming up. Um, yeah. I, I want to kind of ask you about, uh, you said the non, non-for-profit uh, spirit. What is that? Like, because I, you know, for the folks out there who don't know, the NFL is a not, non-profit, but I don't think it, it really defines that spirit. Uh, so for you, what's that mean for you, the non-profit spirit? I think that, well, first of all, I think that you need to take a lot of inventory of, of where you came from. You know, I came from a background where my parents made decent money. You know, I was brought up, um, I went through college, I didn't have debt. I'm one of the few people who didn't, and I, I, you know, I worked and paid for a little bit of my college. So I started working at 14 and I was always somebody who helped. So even though I would say I was raised in both a blue collar and white collar kind of family, um, but I didn't, I didn't go for what there were, there were a lot of things that, um, you know, I was very, very privileged with. So I came from a background where my father definitely was in the, in the capitalistic industry. And I understand how money works. I understand how to be frugal. I understand how to sell, move and shake, what to tell people if I want to make a buck. Um, you know, I'm familiar with how taxes work so I can get around. I used to be able to get around the edges um, around that in Chicago when I used to run my own like LLC training business. But, um, you know, when I had this this basketball AAU team from 2000, let's see, starting in 2008, and then we finished up in 2012, like halfway through it became not-for-profit, mostly because it was going to help me raise money and we could recruit better players who didn't necessarily have the means to afford that or better players who were being recruited by other teams that were going to take them on for free. So there are a lot of ways to mask, you know, you, you can, I can write a, a real nice sonnet for you, man. But like, um, there's, there's just a whole lot of cognitive dissonance involved with a lot of the way certain corporations work, whether they're, you know, for profit, not for profit. So whether you want to like draw a demarcation line and make a separation, I really think it comes, it's not just about your motivations. It's about uh, being intentional. And like when our not-for-profit took it to a next level, like in 2016 and 17, um, it really was, was socialistic. It was really a socialist um, not-for-profit. And I lost a shitload of money 
in about five years. And I did a lot of great things. Well, maybe I shouldn't say great things, but I think I did a lot of pretty interesting and, and, and definitely cutting edge things. With that being said, one of the major issues with socialism is if you're not um, 100% honest with the way you look in the mirror, you may, you may not put the right kind of value estimation on the way you move. You know, you need to have extreme emotional intelligence. You need to be able to work in different kind of crowds and be able to tell the truth and, and come through. So like, I was basically the, the person who presided over the not-for-profit, in my opinion, it failed in a lot of respects because in in one respect, I was a good leader. In in a few other respects, I was I was not a good leader. And a lot of the time with, with stuff like socialism, if you know, a leader can can have a false sense of ego. It doesn't necessarily mean they need to be a megalomaniac or an egomaniac, but if they have a false sense of exactly what they're doing or a false sense of history, which in certain ways I think I had, uh, things can go things can go south. So lots of great experiences with that. Awesome experiment. Uh, taught me a lot, humbled me a lot. And it was a cool way to transition moving out to California too, because I had um, a lot of different experience that I'm about to learn from. For sure, for sure. Uh, I, I do want to ask you about like how you got to to the to the why and you know in San Francisco. I don't know. I don't think that was the first thing you were doing when you moved out to Cali. Uh, but uh, you mentioned about being a good leader uh, and you know maybe being able to look at yourself in the mirror and be like you know there's there's things that I'm lacking as well. Dog. I am definitely feeling that right now, uh, just because, you know, I, I was put into a leadership position, um, and I keep thinking in my head, man, like, you know, my style, I always told myself, like, I'm not the person to tell people what to do, it's like, let me lead by example, hopefully people will catch on and, you know, bring that same kind of energy, that doesn't work for everybody, and, uh, you know, it's like, okay, now I'm, I'm coming to a spot where, how do I... Like in my mind, it's more about motivation and inspiration and trying to get people to realize like, okay, I hope you're here because you're passionate about the work. And if you're not, then let me try to get you to a place where you can feel passionate and be driven as much as I feel like I am. Um, but, you know, I think there's certain struggles with that. And right now, what's been great is that I think the people that I am leading kind of understand. Uh, where I'm coming from and you know I've been open with them and tell them I see myself more as a soldier than a general and then but now I'm at this point in my life I am in the position of where I gotta lead and it's new to me and I just hope that like the thing I think I'm scared of or afraid of is when you know I've always been on that the bottom totem pole so everyone down there kind of like talks shit about everyone that's above them uh and I I'm a people pleaser. I don't want people to talk about me in that way. And I just hope they understand. And I think for me, that, that causes a little bit of anxiousness and anxiety. Um, and I think I'm just working through it. Like it, in my mind, I have to tell myself it doesn't matter. Uh, I don't know. How, how do you feel about that as far as like that struggle of, you know, trying to be a good leader, but, you know, feeling like my values aren't aligning with everyone else's. So it's kind of hard to bring them uh, to up to that level of inspiration, you know, have, you know, what was your experiences yeah. with that? Well, I mean, if you also broaden that in a not-for-profit context, it's tricky, man, because funding, funding can be a big battle. Um, values of different people within the organization can be varied. Um, 
It's, it's real tricky. That's where I really resolved, especially the last two years working at the YMCA to really focus on the micro, not the macro. It's it's great to paint big dreams on, on paper, but like the short-term goals is short-term. And I really do believe in each one, teach one. I mean, I have a tough, tough enough time trying to take care of myself, you know, like for real, on, on a daily basis, you know? So when we get these grandiose visions that, that we start saying like, oh, okay, hey, I can affect these dozen, these, you know, 50, these 200 people, like through my program, through my wisdom, through my experience. Like if, if you haven't done that before, you know, if you haven't done that on a one to one ratio basis, I don't know. I think the proof is in the pudding. Like one thing I like about you, at least from the context that I knew working with you is you're a good relationship builder. And I think it really, really begins and and continues on and ends with those kind of relationships so if you're unwilling to give each individual your time then in my opinion you can't really lead that person and, and at the same time have the humility to, to understand that that person's also going to lead you uh, i learned kids kids are so much more intuitive than adults um they're not as corrupted even if they don't have the right lexicon or like a certain kind of communicative like cognition to be able to explain exactly um what it is that's going on subconsciously like at an intuitive level like they're gonna hit you in the balls with that shit <laughs> like my entire life as a coach like i i i feel like i look young um i feel like in a lot of ways i have a lot of energy and i have a lot of spirit because i've been hanging around kids for my entire professional life that's what i did i trained kids and, and a lot of time i would just like learn how to observe parents and not like I'm just trying to call them out a bunch of bullshit, but I just trust kids more, even if they're lying. Like, and, and you know, it's kind of easy a lot of time to see certain kids lie or like see that little, little path, that pathology the way, but like they're still giving you great feedback, whether they're telling you the truth or not. It's like you can see so much in kids. So back to that the question, what you were saying is like when it comes to leadership, I, I feel like that one to one ratio is golden like mm -hmm. and that you want to keep establishing that within a program or within a movement is is helping like let's say you got a program of 20 kids and they all learn how to lead each other student-led stuff is beautiful but it takes time to grow there and the other thing too is you just got to embody it and you need to have the humility to be like hey like this is what i believe in there may be a little bit of disconnect like when it comes to food we could talk about that all day long like used to on the job at least if you're telling them face value like, this is what i believe in this is what i'm trying out with myself this is what i'd like you to possibly grow into you're giving them the framework of, of what your values are and you're also meeting them where they're at they're not going to give up eating a bunch of flaming hot cheetos and, and processed hot dogs overnight like you can join them where they're at and keep on sliding them over onto the continuum so it's i just think it's a growth process and um we like to sell big dreams in america man but in my opinion that's a lot of times that's a fugazi you know what i mean like america is a great country in a lot of respects but like the way we came into existence is is through a lot of lies too so like yeah. it's it's a winding road man you know you got to try to keep it as real as you can but then you got the subconscious mind there too and you got to gotta get in there and then it gets real tricky right you gotta do those uh mental gym gymnastics um, yeah no, no. is that good was that what you were looking for a little bit oh like, yeah yeah give you some insight in that kind of question 
No, nah, for sure, man. Uh, I think the one-on-one thing is something that I, I will carry, carry with myself because I do find a lot of value in that and I appreciate it a lot in the leaders that I've had in the past where they take the time to get to know who you are, get to know, you know, what's driving you and like kind of help you get, get to a place at work that, uh, you know, fulfills you, that makes you feel like, you know, you're there for a purpose. Um, I mean, I, I just feel like I've encountered a lot of people, not just at the work where we were at right at previously but even in my past previous jobs everybody didn't like it felt like 80 percent of people didn't want to be there you know and the 20 percent of people who did it, after like six months to a year they didn't want to be there anymore you know it's it's very interesting that like a lot of folks if they know what their passion is they aren't like pursuing it or aren't, aren't in it and the ones that are I mean, there's a huge struggle in it. And so I can see why a lot of folks would rather just, you know, turn turn off that side of their mind and just be like, let me just stay on, stay at a job that can pay me well versus let me follow my passion and, you know, struggle for who knows how long. But if it's what you love to do and, you know, you're able to basically live every day and feel like, you know, I've done something that's worth it, uh, then that I think overpower for me that over like overpowers that priority of making money, which good or bad, you know, depending on who you ask, uh, you know, I think I have a lot. I don't know for you, but I, I definitely have a lot of friends telling me like, oh, you should apply for this job or you should come work at my company. And I'm like, well, honestly, I, I really like where I'm at. And then they're like, but yeah, but then you could afford this and that. And it doesn't that value isn't there for me as much you know and i think that's probably coming from how i was raised like you said kind of knowing who you are as a person where you where you've come from um there's a lot of things in that as well but uh let me move move on to the second question in the warm-up which is uh number two what would you like the audience to know about you no man what would the audience like to know about me? Maybe it's a better question. Um, <laughs> that, I mean, I change often. I feel like human beings, I'm a very different person than I was five years ago, than I was 10 years ago. Um, I think that we we evolve as human beings. Sometimes we devolve, sometimes we regress. Um, so I truly believe that we are capable of good change as human beings. Um, with that being said, I think that there's a, an incredible amount of self-deception. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I'm passionate. I like to um, to learn. I'm not as good of a learner as I would like to be, but um, I like to experience things. I like to meet new people. And um, I'm excited for the future. You know, I don't know how old I'm gonna be, but I've lived pretty hard, especially the last 20 years. And I can, I think I'm gonna continue to do so for, for the remainder. Uh, yeah, man. I got you. I got you. Uh, the the one word you chose to describe yourself in in the little questionnaire signing up was uh, destitute. Uh, I looked it up, and let me let me do it one more time. I was so. just fucking with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was gonna say, what well, in your own words, what, what does that mean? But if you were just fucking with me, then you were just fucking with me. Yeah, I was just playing around, man. I was trying to get you a little chuckle. Okay. <laughs> I definitely had to look it up, man, because I didn't want to, like, you know, not understand the meaning of it. Uh, but yeah, I was. All right. Well, on the flip side of that, uh, if you have one word to describe yourself, what would it be? Not fucking with me, but you know, honest, <laughs> honest answer. It could be capricious. Like I, like I say, I, I change a lot, and yeah, yeah, and that's that's where I wouldn't say I'm like bipolar. Even though we could talk about psychology and we could talk about 
that too, because I do think it's sometimes I fringe on that, but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, especially if you're self-aware too. I think in a lot of ways, like an amalgamated personality uh, lends itself to being able to to vibe with a lot of different kind of people. So as long as you're you're kind of checking yourself and you know you're not feeling too too bad, because I've had those moments, man. I've had those really great moments. I've been I've been way down there too. So um, yeah, man. You know, you oh, just sure. keep on keep on mixing the pot, bro. I feel you. I feel you. Uh, how do you feel about balance? I, I, I forgot whether or not you were telling me uh, what your thoughts were on it before, but I'm a big believer in balance. Like, I think things will always kind of even out. Um, yeah. Do you think that's a key to life or that's something I know some folks that just they're not about balance. You got to like pick a lane and or choose a side and go, go, go for it straight. Hey, I think balance is elusive. Mm. For sure, man. Yeah. So, you know, my, my girlfriend, my fiance, she's pretty type A and she's a wonderful human being. I'm, I'm definitely a little bit closer to type B. So, you know, she's taught me so much. You know, I had a, I had an interesting childhood and I think my executive functioning skills got, got really like taken, taken out. So like, I'm a huge scatterbrain and, um, a lot of people think I'm pretty creative. You know, my writing is, is definitely esoteric and, um, I'm very improvisational, but when it comes to like organizing in a specific kind of way, um, sometimes that, that puts me in the mix and, and I struggle. So I think, I think seeking balance is a good thing in certain respects for sure. At the same time too, I think that, um, going to certain extremes can teach you so much about yourself too. And that threatens balance. So like, I don't really get hung up on that word as much as a lot of other people, but I do think that finding some semblance of balance or whatever you want to say like equanimity and equipoise and all that shit like i think it's a good thing um but only you know that too so like if you're hanging out in certain zones and you're feeling certain kind of ways you know like i i've got a you know when i when i like smoke too much weed it's a it's a crutch for subconscious depression you know man and when i'm like my joints aren't hurting and, I, and I'm, you know, man, I can go hike 15, 20 miles in the back country, man, I've got, I'm, I'm on 10 in a different zone. So like, mm. you know, we, we have our, our subconscious tendencies to go to, you know what I mean? And like, oh, yeah. that, that's where the real work is for me. You know, I'm, I know how I present myself. I've learned a lot about that in the last several years. I think I, I understand how I, how to listen better and how to make myself land on other people in a, in a much more benevolent easygoing type of way but when when i go to those those deep places i mean you and i talk you know you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah i was gonna say um were you able to to get that like being aware of how you come like the impression you make on people was that just through like reflection or did you have people tell you because in, in my mind I, i'd be thinking about that too like i wonder how i come off sometimes um and I'm, i guess i'm always afraid to ask that question to the people around me but um, you know, when people do impersonations and stuff, I always get a chuckle because like, oh, shit, that's that's how I come off, you know, <laughs> like as someone who just chuckles all the time or, or whatnot. But yeah. So for you, was that more internal reflection that got you to that point of like realization or did you have to talk to other people and had to get that feedback? I think both, man. Um, my fiance helped me out a ton with emotional intelligence when I moved to California and um, it was the first time in almost 20 years I'd worked for somebody else. I'd run my own show. Well, I shouldn't say 20 years. It was the first time in like 10 years that I'd worked for somebody else. I was running my own show for 10, 11 years in Chicago. And it was also the first time I had a female boss 
Um, and I consider myself to be a feminist, but at the same time too, like when you're spending, I definitely don't think I was a feminist in a lot of respects when I moved out to, to California, um, despite believing in, in women's rights. Is I think there's a, a difference between being a feminist and believing in women to have equality. It's actions speak louder than words. Um, mm-hmm. But I think a lot of the time, I, I thought because I was, I was, I didn't understand what emotional intelligence was. I really learned how to, I needed to be humbled and I needed to learn how to listen. Uh, I needed to, to understand, you can't, it's really hard to lose when you listen first. You know, if you give people the, <laughs> give people the floor, um, I think yeah. a lot of time when people get warmed up, they like to talk. I like to talk a lot. I talk a lot. I talk too much. Uh, so my fiance really helped me out with a lot of that. And also the YMCA working there helped me out a lot because I didn't understand culturally um, in certain ways um, about certain aspects of San Francisco, certain aspects about Bayview and Portola and Viz Valley and things like that. And, you know, you got to get in where you fit in. And I came in there cocksure and like, yo, I can lead. I can do these things. I have more experience than these people in these kind of ways. And whether or not that was true or not, you know, you, you need to take your time and you need to study other people and like be benevolent in that kind of process. Because, you know, when people are at a job for a long period of time or people have a certain um you know sense of power or whatever it is you know you gotta you gotta be able to flow with that and that was an iterative process for me so um it took me a long time man it definitely took me a long time and i'm not saying i'm there i still fuck up for oh. sure but um yeah i definitely think i've i've made a couple strides in that that respect and i did a lot of hiking by myself man like in my life i, I i'm not lying when i tell you i probably been on trails by myself over thousand maybe 1500 miles and a lot of time when you have when you have that much time to think and reflect um you can get some good work done you can you can affect some change um because i mean you're thinking dude you're you're in there yeah no (laughs) i think there is a certain power to to having that time that solitude uh and like just you know reflecting i think i don't know for you but uh you know i grew up as an only child i don't know if i told you that but I had a whole lot of time by myself and a whole lot of time just running through my head. Uh, so now for me, it feels normal. I've never, I'm not the type of person or I haven't been yet, but to just go hiking and like be out there all the time. Uh, but I, I do look forward to those moments anytime I'm out there, like the, the outdoors, the feeling of like things are a lot bigger than, you know, what's happening in my head or what's happening in front of me. It's refreshing. Um, so I don't know for folks out there who, who feel that way, definitely get outdoors. Uh, you ever done the Pacific Coast Trail? Like, like that huge one? Pacific Crest? I've done. Oh, yeah. I probably I probably hiked a couple hundred miles on it, but not not like straight. I've been on it for like two three nights in a row backpacking. Um, but yeah, man, I've done a section in in Washington. I've been on it there. I've been in in Oregon. I've been in, on it in in Cali. So I've hiked a lot of Yosemite. I've hiked a lot of. Um, the Sierras and Kings Canyon. It's it's gorgeous country. Anybody who who has the time and the desire, that's that's God's country out there for sure. So yeah, man, I would highly recommend it. You and I need to get on trail for real. At some point, man, we we, we should. I think it'd be a great a great fun time with you, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, let me get to the third question of the warm up, which is, uh, if I were to do something in your honor, a way to express the energy you possess, what what could I do, man? Shoot, man. I th- honestly, that, that's a question I feel is much better suited for you. Um, <laughs> with, the, with that being said, doing something in my honor, man, hey, just keep being, 
keep being great to the kids and the staff where you work at. Um, and you know that's that's going to edify both you and, and that community. Um, and I just want to say I appreciate the work and the vibe that you bring. So I think, you know, keep on keeping on. And maybe the only only little asterisk I put on with that is, man, um, maybe maybe not not saying you got to pat yourself on the back, but maybe pump the confidence level up a, a notch or two. Because I think I think you got a lot, man. I think you got a lot to offer kids and in a very, very sincere way. And in confidence, when you put confidence behind that, I think it takes leadership to a different level too. That would, that would probably be what I would say, man. I got you. And, I, and, I, and I'm going to say something too, though, man. Like I have a lot of confidence in certain way, but I'm also a fake motherfucker in certain ways too. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm not saying that you showing up with that kind of like confidence is doing it in my honor. You know what I'm saying? No. So, yeah. No worries. No worries. I mean, honestly, you, you touched a big point. Uh, the confidence is and has been, you know, an issue for me for a long time in my life. And, uh, you know, I feel like I don't know if the kids can tell or not. You know, because I feel like naturally they just look up to you. And uh, what's crazy? Oh, they can though. They yeah. can. Though. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, like they can, man. It's like whether they 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 have it on the surface and they can communicate it, or like, but they know it. They can feel. It's just like if you're playing Michael Jordan out there and it's 1990, and you look at him in the eye and he looks back at you, you're like, oh. I guess it's like you know, you know exactly what I'm saying. It's like you look at me like. Like, I've prepped my whole entire life for this, but I'm still not ready. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just like this. No, no. You know what I mean, it's just like an eye to eye thing. For sure. I uh, one one of the clubs we started this semester was like a film club. Like, I wanted to shoot short movies, short skits, or whatever with kids. And uh, you know, like the first meeting had him in there. Told him this is the plan. This is what we're gonna be doing. But then in the end, like for me to feel good about it, I just had to tell them, like, look, I want to emphasize the fact that i'm nobody at this like i'm learning with you we're doing this together kind of thing um don't look at me as somebody that that knows more than you at this point like this is a process that we're all going to be going through and i think they responded to that because kids are showing up every week and you know i think that helped them kind of relate more and i think that's a big difference between even like coaching versus uh, teaching sometimes um in in the position that i'm at right now it's more so kids can respond well because i'm doing the stuff with them versus if i was a teacher i would just have to be telling them what to do yeah uh, so yeah i think that really changes the dynamics or at least the energy that, oh, yeah. that they present um but i got you uh chuck i'll do my best to to gain that <laughs> you know, gain, at least uh you know they can tell i make a type thing because at a certain degree i feel like everyone does that right uh, I think you're taking a step though, because integration is a great way to like literally integrate that experience. Like, hey, I might not be a complete expert with this, but I'm going to go through it with you. You know, and uh, that's 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 big, man. You know, if you're a coach, you can't run the same same sprint as somebody else, but they see you still running on the same track. It's you know, it's eye to eye thing. I mean. I'm sure as a player and you know when I was a kid playing ball too it was always great when the coaches would play with us oh, or, yeah. you know like because you have that extra like oh I'm, I'm gonna show them some kind of thing and then you know coach would either like teach you or you know uh they they end up getting school but they it's always like a good kind of relationship after that because it, it I'm not gonna say it evens the playing field for everyone but it kind of just shows the kid that you're you have that humility you're not trying to be someone that just says everything and not do it as well like you know running sprints at the end of a practice or whatever and it's always great for the coach to jump in um you remember who's that coach in college basketball i feel like his name was shaka 
Uh, was it? Oh yeah, Shaka Smart, sure. Yeah, I remember when he had that Cinderella run. I want to say with George Mason. I might be wrong, but you know, Virginia was it military VMU or it wasn't VCU? I think it was Virginia military VMU. I think so. I may be wrong. I just remember those clips of him, like you know, doing the drills with the with the uh, players and everything. And I think that was a big part of like you know getting to. Yeah, motivating those kids to you know make the tournament go as far as they did uh, is because that uh, he was willing to do the work with them at some at some points uh, but yeah no, I got you all right this one I've been waiting for, to ask this question for you as a uh, kind of curious what you you're gonna answer but on a scale from one to ten how well do you know yourself oh man that's like there's there's so much nuance to that question uh, I, I look at it as just continuing to get to know myself better. Um, I'm, I'm a big student of my subconscious. You know, we spend more than a lot of, a lot of psychologists argue more than 95% of our time in our subconscious mind. So trying to continue to familiarize yourself with what's beneath the surface. You know, we're, we're only communicating two, 3% of our thoughts at most, you know, interpreting dreams is a crazy thing. So the way I'd answer that question is compared to many people, I think I'm more of a seeker. So if you want to put put that on some kind of number value, great. I don't necessarily like to make things comparative because I'm in this mind. I'm in this body. This is what I know is what I know right now. Um, so I would definitely say the best way to, to look at that from for me is I'm a seeker. You know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what's what's making me tick um, to inform, you know, better quality of life, you know, to, you know, if I if I bring kids into the world to help them you know, be able to, to feel liberated. So yeah, man, that's that's kind of the, the quest I'm on. I got you, I got you. And honestly, that was definitely, I think the, the reason why I was so excited to ask you, because I knew you weren't going to give me like, you know, a regular answer to that. That was very way more personal, more, you know, introspective than I think a lot of folks have. Um, but I got you, man. And well, let me ask you this. What's the, what's the, when's the last time you surprised yourself? Like, and you were like, oh, that's me? Or I could do that? Or, you know? Shoot, man. Um, been a minute. I don't know about that. That's a. It's it's been a minute, man. I feel like I feel like I got a pretty good gauge. I do think I need a I need to be able to take a few more risks. I have a real real bad and and this is interesting too because I like I love being in a bad country. I love being in the mountains, but I have a bad bad fear of heights, man. I suffer really? from like high. Yeah, yeah. I suffer from hyperhidrosis, which is an anxiety disorder, like where my hands and feet will get really sweaty in certain kind of situations, especially if I'm like at some vertiginous like peak or something like that. If I'm, I could go climb a class two mountain or something like that, but you put me on a class four and like, I need to get on some edges. So like, I really am interested in breaking down fear. Um, I think that especially when fear and phobia develops at very early ages, it's, it's a tricky thing. So I'm consistently trying to root out like extirpate um, you know, poor qualities and, and things associated with fear. Um, and I think, you know, over the next five, 10 years, I'm going to continue to try to dig because uh, I think a small amount of it is physical because I've, I've had so many terrible injuries. Um, but I, I think that it's predominantly a psychological condition. I got you. Are you were you always kind of like scared of heights since as a, as a youngin to, to where you are now? Or? <laughs> It gets deep, man. It gets deep. You know, I came from some some ugly trauma as a kid. I, I've had this recurring dream where my godfather is like 
you know, he was pretty drunk, Irish Catholic guy. Like we were on the second floor of a mall and it's like one of my earliest memories and it's real foggy, but like he picked me up and just like put me over the edge and just kept on doing this. And he was oh like, yeah. you know, and like over and over and over. And I, it's, it's been this recurring dream in 2022 and I probably had that dream and I, I don't remember all my dreams. So I've, I can remember having that dream like three, four, five times. So I just, my instant thinks that's, that that is close to the root of that fear. So I'm, I'm just going to keep digging, man. I'll report back I got as, you. as I make strides or if I go backwards. So I know, feel that. I've done some risky stuff in the last several years when it comes to heights. Um, but I'll tell you, man, I feel, I feel scared as fuck, dude. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> so so you, you, you never really like jumped off the cliff into the ocean kind of thing? Or have yeah, you done? Yeah, see, there's something about like, if I know the water is safe, I'm cool. You know, oh, I'll jump okay. off a 20, 30 foot cliff. I've jumped off some waterfalls before. But like, if you put me in exposure where I could fall and hit rock or something like that, that's, I'm not saying I'm, I'm going to go climb up some steep, you know, real terrible cliff and go jump off it. But if it's, if it's a pretty safe jumping point, I don't mind jumping off a 30 foot cliff. That stuff's fun. I love, I love the ocean. I love cold water. I'm not really afraid of sharks and things like that, but you put me on a, on a class five or class four mountain hike and you're going to see, you're going to see some problems. You're going to see me shut down. I got you. I feel like that, that's how I am with swimming. Um, you know, and <laughs> I don't have a recurring dream about it, but now that you talk about like something that happened young, kind of sticking with you, I think I hated it when people would just push me in the pool as a kid, trying to like, yeah. you know, get me to swim or like, oh, this is how you're going to learn. Just push me at random moments. Uh, and I did drown like a couple times as a child. So like now trying to get over that, I... I, I took swimming classes in college where I learned how to float on my back and everything. But aside from that, man, I know when I'm at the beach and I feel like I'm getting too far from the thing, you know, that, that panic button, like that danger, oh, yeah. the red alert thing starts happening to me. Uh, and maybe it's because I'm using more different muscles in the water too. Um, you probably probably know more about that, but my, my legs just start cramping like crazy. Uh, maybe it's the panic with the, the movement and not really moving my body the best way in water that all just adds up and i i uh i just like let me just get out of here and you know oh yeah uh, or uh yeah so at the pools same thing i would just stick you know five feet wherever i could keep my toes on the ground um but yeah i think uh, similarly like with the high thing something in my childhood man just kind of turned turned me off to it and as far as deconstructing fear and like facing them i think that's one of those that i want because i really want to jump off a cliff into the ocean like I, I see people do it all the time like that that looks hella fun <laughs> when i oh, get yeah. up there i'm gonna be like oh no uh <laughs> maybe another time but there you do well, i mean the ocean's undefeated man i almost drowned out in hawaii back in 2013 with my ex-girlfriend and she she got the worst of it that's a so I, I know what that that feeling of what they call like amygdala hijack in, in the brain when you know you're in fight or flight Ooh, that, I mean, the, the ocean is is definitely a place to be respected and revered. No mm. doubt about that. Uh, I will keep that in mind as I continue to live on. Uh, all right, man, I'm going to bring you over to the icebreakers real quick. Uh, we'll keep this one short and simple. Um, I just want to give you a statement and you let me know what your thoughts are on it. Uh, the first statement is going to be overthinking is a bad thing. How, how do you feel about that statement? It depends. Overall, though, I think being able to trust your intuition is the golden ticket. Mm, I got you. And uh, this other one is, other statement is, time is money. 
Yeah, I don't know, man. That sounds cliche as fuck. It's real though. Like you do want to be efficient with your time. And, and I think, you know, like where efficiency meets efficacy, that's, that's that, you know, then you're really streamlining. But I think that time is valuable, you know, no doubt, because it doesn't necessarily need to be currency, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. I mean, I, th- I think that's a better way of looking at that statement is that just time is valuable. You know, you don't have to necessarily yeah. say it's money, but I got you. All right. And then uh, this next one is going to be a word association. I'm just going to rapid fire some some words at you. You give me the first thought, first phrase, whatever comes to mind first. Uh, just let you know the record is 12. And, you know, maybe you are a little competitive, but uh, uh, let's see how you do. <laughs> Here we go, man. In the timer will start when I say the first word in three, two, one, failure. Good. Life. Endless. Future. Not told. Dance. Always. People. Pleaser. Crazy. Me. Imagine. Everything. Conflict. Let's do it. Success. Measured in any way you see fit. Knowledge. Is power, but the right. Ooh, the gong, the gong hit. So say that one more time for knowledge. I said knowledge is power, but the right kind of power. Mm, got you, man. Uh, one thing I do want to bring up, I believe for failure, you said good. What did you mean by that? I mean, man, you got to fail, dude. I fail. People go ask my fiance over there, dude. I fall flat on my fucking face every day, bro. Let's do it, man. You do it again. I hear you. You, know, you got to... Hopefully, hopefully becoming more and more benevolent, but like, man, I screw up, I screw up by the minute. Maybe not always by the minute, but definitely by the, by the half hour, you're definitely going to check a couple boxes right there. I got you. Uh, like for, for you, the, well, I, I'm pretty sure you have felt the feeling of defeat before, uh, but how long, is there a, a right amount of time to hold on to those feelings? Like, you know, you got to, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what? I, I think again too. It's 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 really a lot about self actualization. Uh, that's that's what I feel because like if you know who you are, you know, and you can accept that failure. You can you can generate positivity. You can generate growth. If you don't know who you are, if you're trying to cling on to some kind of idea somebody else gave you or something imposed by family trauma that they didn't deal with, you know, and, and things like that, then you're going to be you can be tripping up on those those toes and stubbing them all the time. You know, I, I used to live in the past. That was my job, man. That was, you know, that was that was what I did, dude. I was trying to make amends for, you know, the athlete that I wasn't, you know, that I was supposed to be. You know, the injuries I wasn't supposed to have. The, you know, pleasing my dad in a way that he couldn't please himself. That kind of thing. So, you know, um, shoot, man. Like, whether you like it or not, you're gonna fail. Um, but I, I think that having a different definition than what the status quo's definition of failure is, you know what I mean? Like if you if you don't get to every single task at your job every single day, it doesn't necessarily mean you failed, right? Mm. So take that shit with a grain of salt, and you know, and the the people who are resilient, I think, are are the people who who really have the peace. You know what I mean? Like the the, the truth is, you know, at our job at the YMCA, they used to talk about restorative justice all the time. The truth of the matter was people just wanted to bitch and moan and be the victim. 
I'm going to call it the way it is, bro. Like the bottom line, the, the best way to restore justice is to have resilience. You know, you got to be about it. And it's, if, if you're going to help restore somebody back to the community, whether, you know, they committed a crime or treated somebody poorly, like got to talk about that one to one ratio. You got to, you know, maybe a one to three ratio, you know, and you got to really, really spend the time to restore that justice. But if that person, and I'm not even talking about just that person that you're trying to help quote unquote restore, but the, the leader or that institution or that school is like, those people need to be resilient too, because what do you expect? You expect the change to happen overnight? It doesn't happen overnight. You know what I mean? Like justice is hard. It's really, really hard. So that's how I try to think about resilience when it comes to failure, because like you can learn, you can learn a lot from that if you try to humble yourself. And it's not like I got that pattern down, but that's, that's definitely what I believe. I believe that sincerely. And I can, I can give you, you know, a monstrous amount of examples from my past where I could, I could patch those sores up a lot quicker if I'd had resilience. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Uh, it just made me think, you know, the time that you're talking about is I think what lacks it sometimes with, uh, you know, the work we do is cause I think everyone has good ideas. No, I want to say every idea is good, but you know, people bring stuff to the table like I think one of my pet peeves is when like someone says oh we should do this and then I'm like great but then you know there's no nothing after that it's just like the idea is shared but like okay where does the work come from at that point uh that kind of frustrates me at times because it's like uh you know and and then afterwards the reflection is like well why didn't anyone do anything and I'm like well you know <laughs> Uh, I, I I can only do so much and in my mind this is what I was prioritizing versus you know if you felt so passionately about it like you know you should do it uh, but it doesn't happen all the time like that and I'm not saying it's just in, in this workplace it happens in every workplace like everyone yeah, yeah, no doubt. everyone wants to be the idea person and have everybody else do the work and I've even said it myself it's like man I wish I could get hired to just say different creative ideas and you know <laughs> let everybody do the, do the work so i think that's a trap I, i've heard kids say that too you know it's like oh yeah i have so many great ideas that's great what are you gonna do with them like <laughs> you know you're gonna wait for someone to to work for you for free like that's not gonna happen all these things so i, I feel i feel you on the resiliency for sure uh, all right, man. I do want to just jump into the wheel right now before we run out of time. Uh, I Let's just want to—I want to thank you again, Chuck, for stopping by. I hope you're having fun, man. Um, yeah, man. It's good. To, it's good to spend some time talking to you, man. It's uh, long overdue. We never got to do this, man. And you know, we—I've said it to you a million times. I wish we had more time because just getting to know you more. You know, I feel like and knowing myself we could have filled holes in each other's like you know whatever we're lacking we could have you know and even in strengthened the strengths that we had you know just that chemistry we you know we've been both on basketball uh teams before i'm sure for you a high, much higher level but we all play a role you know we, we all we all have our spots in the play for sure uh all right dog never stopping us now man but go ahead <laughs> i got you i got you give it a spin and remember if there's any question that's too deep too personal something you don't want to talk about feel free to pass uh but this first question for you is what are your distractions Ooh, distractions um i am one of those people who so i mean this could be a long rant all right 
yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to go into like a bunch of chakric energy because I've been studying yoga a lot for the last couple of years and uh, I believe it in a very spiritual way in, in a lot of ways, not necessarily in certain practical ways, but um, when it comes to like people's strengths, uh, I feel like a lot of the time um, we understand what we're gifted with, it, but, but to actualize those strengths, that's a different story, man. And um, a lot of the time, like you're just talking about ideas, I have the ability to um, create quite, quite creatively and um, improvisationally. Yet when it comes to an organizational, um, I, I think I emanate a lot of confidence, but it's, sometimes it's fake confidence. Uh, sometimes it's very, very real. And like I said, that, that word you were looking to describe me is probably capricious. So like, you know, I could go and just sit down right now and write you a five, 10 page short story. It could be decent and I can get it to you in 30, 45 minutes. But, um, a lot of the time, man, like depression gets in the way. Um, psychological addiction to marijuana gets in the way. Um, you know, just, just like process addiction, like going on Instagram or, or text messaging or, or something like some kind of show and getting distracted. So like, one thing that I think that I could relate, some people are familiar with chakra energy. So like one of my gifts would be like throat chakra, which is like the communication, communication chakra. Like it's, it's one of the, it's the lowest level of like metaphysical chakras. Um, so it's, it's not necessarily com about the reptilian brain or the mammalian brain. It's the human brain. Um, so with like, I have, I have great abilities to take it in this way. But then there's a great chance for either backfire or like depression in this kind of way too. So it's like that's where the subconscious really comes into it, where you got to see things at a, at a face value. You know, like you were talking about people generating ideas. I think it's okay if you don't actualize all your dreams or you don't finish all the projects. But just as long as you continue to make a good effort and you did so with the right kind of spirit and the right kind of honesty with yourself and the parties involved. So that's something that. I'm not sure if I'm, I'm giving, um, I might be giving a pretty esoteric, like vague answer to that. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's something that I really, really struggle with. I have some very, very good abilities from a communication like standpoint, but then, you know, it really vacillates, man. I'm, I'm up and down with that stuff, dude. I, I mean, I've written a bunch of books, but I don't know what to do with them, you know, and I need to keep editing them. Uh, and I keep writing. You know, so we'll, we'll see what I do with him. I think it's great the creation's there, but there's definitely something in the conscience telling me like, I don't know if those are quite ready for other people's eyes yet. You don't ever feel like just sending them to a publisher and being like, oh, what's your feedback? Pick up some? Nah, I, I ain't going on that shit. I'm gonna, if I'm gonna publish them, I want it to be self. I'm, I want it to be, there's a very personal stuff. Um, I got you. Know you. What I mean? we'll, we'll see, you know, like if, if I need to make some money on that stuff in the future and I think I could do it, I'll talk about it. But I didn't write them to make money. You know, so I hear that. You know, I'm not really sure. I like to keep things in house when I can. I, hey, I'm with you there. And, you know, I, I smile because, you know, that that speaks. That tells me you're an independent, you know, artist in a, in a way, especially if it's going to be coming from your books. Uh, for for me, I in the same vein, I have a lot of lyrics that I've never recorded, I've never like put out there, and I wish I still had access to all the old stuff. I don't know if you missed any, lost any of your writings, uh, but that, that's super <laughs> frustrating sometimes because they end up being more like 
I don't know what what you've written before, but for me, my music, they end up being like a journal. You know, I read that shit yeah. and it's just like, okay, that's where I was at. That's where my mindset was at. Um, and a big reason why I uh, stopped with music or stopped writing music was that I felt like the story was always the same. And I felt like I was writing about the same things all the time, which is basically chilling, you know, probably getting high kind of thing. <laughs> and I was like, I needed to change my life because this is all I was writing about. It's all I knew. Um, but yeah, that's that's just my experience with it as well. Uh, let me give this wheel another one more spin before uh, we move on. Uh, do you, do you have a hard stop at eight? Just let me know. So I, I don't know. Nah, if we need, if you want to go a couple extra minutes, I'm down, bro. For sure, man. Oh, nice. You landed on number thirty-four. I uh, haven't figured out a prize for that yet, but uh, number thirty-four is where do you feel like you belong? I feel like I belong in many, many places, man. Um, and and I'm not, I don't want to be too discriminatory when it comes to that. So I definitely want to be con- continuous. You know, one thing I, I haven't done is spent that much time with the elderly. Um, mm. That kind of trips me out. That, that doesn't interest me as much. I mean, I, what, what interests me, I like being with young people. I like, I like spending time with the youth. Um, whether, you know, people are five years old or, or 25 or 30, I like to, so where do I belong? I think that that, that question could go in any, any direction, whether it's geographical, spiritual, um, but yeah, man, I, I want to put myself in, in as many places to learn well, you know, from, from that, like, you know, geographical, historical, spiritual standpoint. Um, so I'm going to continue to try to become more adaptable so I can, you know, I can weave in and out of as many different kind of situations. I want to experience a lot of different things. I've already been able to, I've been very blessed. I've experienced a lot already. So keep, keep tracking that kind of direction. I got you. I got you, Chuck. All right, man. Well, we made it to the closeout portion of the, the interview. Uh, but before we do that, I have this quick exercise for you. It's called the 34th mantra. So uh, basically, I want you to fill in the phrase, I am... I can, I will. I am blank. I can blank. I will blank. Let me know when you're ready, because I'm gonna switch you over to the screen where you basically just talking to yourself. It's like a mirror. Um, so let me know when you're ready for that. All right. Got I'm it? ready, man. All right. Here we go. I am Charles William Demetropolis. I can. I can do a lot, man. And I will dunk with two hands off my left leg by next summer. It's been it's been too long, man. That's what's gonna happen. Well, I, but I, I can't pop too much shit because I haven't done it yet. So yeah, the tape won't lie, right? Tape won't lie, man. And if you ever need a reminder for yourself, any like extra motivation, inspiration, feel free. You got this uh, sound clip now. You telling you what you can do, what you will do, <laughs> and who you are. Uh, thank you for participating in that Chuck uh, alright we made it to the closeout portion this next question is actually going to be from my previous guest let me pull that up real quick oh yeah shout out to Miss Carrie uh, Miss Carrie's question for you Chuck is mm, what did you need from adults as a child and how would you offer that to the to the kids that you work with she's also a teacher so it's um, interesting but what did you need from adults as a child and how would you be able to offer that now I needed, I needed great examples, you know, somebody, people that were going to walk the walk, you know, I needed those. I think that 
we grow up in institutions where, you know, you're being taught inside, man. You know, the world is outside. You know, if you want to learn about ecology, you know, go into nature, man. If you if you want to learn about chemistry, man, go go into a lab for real, you know. So a lot of the time I think that we're we're taught by words. I'm a much bigger believer in experience. So I'll, I'll take experience over theory any day of the week, man. Um, so that's what I needed more of as a kid. And I think that's, I'm not going to say everybody is going to answer something like that, but I think that that holds true for the vast majority of people, especially in the United States. You know, and I think that's why uh, a lot of time I fuck with the inner city a lot more than the suburbs and, and I don't want to get, you know, or, or rural territories. I don't want to generalize because they're great people everywhere, but just like a little bit more visceral, intuitive of an experience in, in my walks of life when I was spending so much time uh, mentoring kids in inner city Chicago and just like, it's as real as you feel, man. Mm. Ooh, that was a good one, man. It's as real as you feel. <laughs> uh, and um, my second to last question is, what would you like to ask the next guest on 34 Questions? All right, what would I like to ask the next guest? I wish I could have some context and look at that person in the eye because I don't know that person. Um, let's well, see what I would ask. Go ahead. I was going to say, this is, this is also a question I like to answer at the end. So if there's a question for me that you want to ask both me oh, and, yeah, 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 yeah. and the yeah, next yeah. guest. Yeah, yeah. All right. So the question I would ask you, Jan, is what is it going to take for you to step into like that like absolute inspirational zone to to kind of live out your dreams and it doesn't mean that you're not you're not doing that in certain aspects but like what do you think is the catalyst to springboard you into you know whether it's the next level or if you want to actually be like thinking like the grandiose dreams like that to really really level up what do you think that that catalyst is i mean to be honest with you like I think it's finding that team like uh, I everything I've done I've tried to do do by myself uh, and always found like you know maybe I'm able to figure it out and there's certain steps that I feel like I could figure out but it's more so you know I, I can't really do everything you know if you're trying to build something you can't do it all by yourself and that's something where like I I have a really hard time trying to ask for help or really hard time selling something like selling myself selling whether it's this podcast my, the clothing brand and whatever it is it's it's been really hard for me to tell people like oh you should spend your time spend your money spend your energy on this thing that i'm trying to put out there and it's because like in my mind it's like i think everyone has that in them like they have something that they want to share or want to give to the world so it's really hard for me to be like oh no you should put your your thing on hold and come help me with my thing uh and without really any compensation without really any promise of this can be something it's like here i am trying to do what i think fulfills my life on a day-to-day -day basis um and how can i convince another person or like or other people to form a team that do the same thing um so i don't know man i think for me it's really just like feeling like there is a team that i can push forward with versus me trying to convince people like oh no you should support you should stay on you should continue with me it's like i'm looking for people that kind of see the same vision it's like okay we can do this and get there together kind of thing um so yeah 
<laughs> I think for me, that's what it is. And until I get to that point, you know, maybe I, I, I do overcompensate with the weed smoking, with like just chilling and trying to um, relax because I feel like, you know, I'm not there yet. But yeah, man. So I think that's how I would answer that question. Appreciate that, man. No problem. And thank you for, for asking because, you know, that's like a big reflection in my face. <laughs> and now I can uh, kind of listen back to this at some point and be like, yo, you know, that was true. And it might remind me, kick my ass to get into shape. Uh, so thank you for that one, Chuck. And uh, my last question for you, man, the question that ties everything together, 100, 200, 300 years from now, your descendants are watching this video. What would you like to tell them? Shoot, man. I mean, in the last few years, I've, I've kind of become, I don't, I don't know, in the metaphysical world is, is a crazy place to spend a lot of time, but reincarnation feels like a, a very, very real thing. So um, I just I just want to let things happen, man. Things, things are going to happen. We're, we're very, very small, but we're also very, very powerful. So uh, I've, I just have a lot of confidence that um, I'm going to keep cleaning the karma. You know what I mean? And, and karma accumulates if you're not if you're not wise. So I think I'm going to just keep on keep on cleaning that karma, man. And things are going to work out all right. So whatever whatever they see, they're going to see. You know, and hopefully it'll be a decent movie. And and the next movie, you know, the next lifetime will continue to get better. So uh, I'm not sure if that's exactly what you're looking for, but that's kind of what I'm what I'm seeing into the future is. Uh, you know, it takes time to get better. It takes time to, to change. Like, we all change. But I think that, you know, a lot of us do change for both the better and the worse. So to continue to change for the better is a, is sometimes a pretty difficult, complicated chore. You know, you need to do a, mm -hmm. lot of, a, lot of, a lot of scrubbing. You can't live in the past, but you need to honor the past, right? So that's, that's where my mind is at when you ask that question. I got you, Chuck. And who knows? Maybe it's going to be yourself reincarnated watching this video and you'd be like, for some reason, I feel like I know that guy. And, uh, you know, everything feels like deja vu. Who knows? Who knows? Sometimes I'll be thinking that's how deja vu works is that. Yeah. You know, yeah. You're right. So I, we didn't even get to that point. We didn't even get to talk about deja vu. We didn't get talked about dreams. So I hope one day, Chuck, you can come back on and uh, we can tackle on those issues. Uh, and no maybe doubt, not man. even on the show. Let's just talk about it in person when I see Heck you. Heck yeah, man. We got to get you out. I'm pretty close. I'm, I'm living closer to the mountains now, too, the big ones. So you're going to need to come east and come chill out, man. Spend uh, spend a couple days out here. We'll go out. Got you, you at the east right now? That's where you at now? I'm, no, no. I'm in Modesto just temporarily. I'm going to probably be moving back to Chicago um, to help take care of my dad because he's getting sick in February. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to hit you up, man. We'll, we'll talk and if you got a free couple of days, maybe maybe come out and hang out. We'll we'll chop it up. We'll make things happen, Chuck. Uh, yeah, and we'll continue the conversation there. Uh, any last things you'd like to add before we head out of here? No, I appreciate you, man. Say hi to the team at the Y, and I'll talk to you later, bro. Will do. Oh, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to close out real quick. Uh, for the okay. folks out there, I want to appreciate your time as well, Chuck. I appreciate your time. Um, remember to reach out, reach forward. As always, much love. And we'll catch you guys next time on 34 Questions. Peace. All right, Chuck. Sign off, man. You good. Have a good Bye, night, man. Peace.